When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, we need we need to start this by thanking everybody for somehow uh, zooming us to the number one spot on sports podcast in North America. That was that. That's the greatest screen grab that I've ever had on my phone. I know. Even if it was just for a minute, I'm uh, I'm so proud of that. And we're not not only that, but in Pakistan too. In Pakistan, not just North America, but in Pakistan. Pakistan, yeah. Well, hello, Pakistan, and yes. hello, uh, North America, North and, uh, and Greenland. We're coming to get you, Chile. Yeah, Chile. We're coming to get you, Chile. Greenland, we're almost there. And in Sim's native country of India, we're unfortunately 413th. Can you, uh, can you hit me with a little don't cry for me, Argentina? Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left you. Do you have problems? I think you do. Do you like jelly beans? I don't want to fault her. That was gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so uh, how are you doing uh, this yet one more week into this quarantine I'm and good. shutdown. It's been an interesting week, you know, sort of Groundhog's Day-ish. I try to find one thing different to do each day, you know, whether it be LSD, Molly, peyote. Mm-hmm. So it's I try. Yeah. No, it's been good. Kids have been good. Um, shaved Wilder's head on camera. On, I, I a, saw that. It, it seemed like from, if, if the comments are correct and if mm-hmm. I'm to believe what I read on Instagram, it seemed like Aaron, your wife was not uh, aware that you were going to do that. She didn't show up for it. Let's put it that way. Here's the thing with kids right now during this. Uh, it's just about finding new things to do. And I think that we as parents have an opportunity to, to make them do more things than they would have done otherwise. I don't think Wilder would ever have, sh- have shaved his head if we weren't in this situation, because it's just, oh, here's, here's another thing to do. Uh, let's shave your head. Great. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, and it was, well, my fun. Boys, it was fun. My boys are almost two, and we have uh, used every creative bone in our body to try and occupy their time between when they get up and when it's lunchtime, which leads to nap, and then when they... Uh, get up from that nap till dinner time, which leads to bedtime. So there are two huge windows of time, which have uh, forced us to go for a drive, have yeah. forced us to find 
the right kind of markers where we can draw on the windows that you <laughs> sidewalk chalk, all these things. But what, what I'm realizing is two year olds don't get uh, the whole idea that those markers are only to be used on the windows, not on couches mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. But you know what? And, and it, it just at this point, just let them do it. You know, let's it's something new. You know, paper gets old after a while. Let's see what the couch is like. That's fair, but I, I don't really want to ruin the entire house during this time when we're yeah, all uh, stuck inside of aren't it. Aren't two-year-olds basically in quarantine all their lives, you know, until they're four or five anyway? Yeah. They're, they're, nothing has changed in their worlds except that mom and dad are home every day, mm-hmm. all day. I'm actually, you know, if again, silver lining during a time when people are really struggling, whether it be with paychecks or whether it be with this horrible virus, mm-hmm. uh, our FaceTime and our interaction with our boys at this time in their lives has been sensational. Oh, and then they yeah. get they get time with their sisters, who one's back from L.A., one's back from New York. Are they living with you now? Are they back in the house? They're back. They go back and forth between my house and their mom's house. Uh, thank God everybody is... Uh, symptom free and uh feeling good so we we have at least the ability to go between two houses and that's the only way i'm going to see my daughter how does that work how does that work though you know what i mean like the the back and forth thing how do you make sure because I, i guarantee you there are a ton of fucking people dealing with this right now who have kids now your girls are older but like who have kids who have to go back and forth you know per law how does that even work, though? Do you trust that everyone's good? You know, you just have to have faith. Well, I think you have to have an open dialogue with the person who runs that household and say, hey, you know, we have done a complete shutdown in our house. Like nobody is in or out that, uh, you know, we don't know where they've been. And mm-hmm. I, and her house, my ex-wife, is like that to the point where um, it's basically her and my daughter's there my wife and me and our boys here and that's that's it and 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 I got to tell you St. Louis so far has been on a bit of a different program we've gotten to the point where it is uh you know pretty much lockdown mm-hmm. but uh it it is not as strict it is state by state and almost community by community uh with regard to the number of cases in the state of Missouri, the number of deaths. I mean, it's its like night and day from, yeah. from where these big cities are. So we are all spread out anyway, and we're just going uh, back and forth. Thank God you can get in your car and go even for a drive. I mean, it's its the simplest things are bringing the most joy. But yeah. Oh, I, dude, I know. We got in the car the other day, and it was like, oh, yeah, like we're in the car. You know, the windows were down. It's like, woo. I mean, who who knew that like a car ride could be amazing? I felt like Henry Ford after he built the Model T. <laughs> <laughs> Let's open this thing up, honey. See what it can do. <laughs> totally. Um, how's uh, how's your sex life with uh, your wife? I mean, I know that you've had. It's been a minute, and and um, you know, behind. Well, when we haven't been talking, Michelle and I have been sort of talking about how it hasn't been really uh too exciting for you lately well what's uh what's going on joe well i mean two things uh why are you texting my wife about that's a whole sex life that's a whole other conversation she texts me 
but and, and we'll the do other that off, part is uh, we everything we've just talked about from having the two year olds by the time the end of the day comes, unless it's like morning time, by the end of the day, we're done. We 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 are frazzled, and a bottle of wine is opened. And now we're watching Ozark, and we'll get through an episode, maybe two. And then before that, it was Tiger King, and that is our—that's our sex life. Yeah, I that, know. That's, but your kids that's are all we. It's but they're we young. Have. They're young. They go to bed early. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're not like my kids. My kids go to bed. So at do fucking I. Like they also get up early. They also get up early. So it's. Well, I'm just on a completely different schedule. When I started broadcasting, and I was 19. My workday started in the evening, and I was done off the air at 10, 10.30. Then you wind down, you go back to the hotel, you go back to home, and by the time you go to bed, it's midnight, 1 o'clock. That, my whole life was set up that way, and now I'm, I'm flipping it all these many years since because you know there there is no sleeping in with boys do you think this or, is or are you making whatever, an excuse of, of any kind? Is, the, uh, is quarantine making you less attractive to her? <sighs> Well, she will tell you that it's made her less attractive to me, which is not the case. <laughs> but I'm now finding out that my wife is actually a brunette. Oh. <laughs> after all I these also, years. Her, you know, after all these years, I mean, we're coming up on our sixth anniversary. I never knew her nails could z- could get so jangity. Mm-hmm. I never knew uh, the, mm-hmm. the, like, the bird thing that was going on in uh, Snow White or Cinderella where they're like, pulling stuff and stretching stuff and dressing her in the morning was actually going on in my house. And now that nobody else can come in my house and she can't go anywhere to get, you know, work done. Yeah. She's like an entirely different person to me. I don't even know it, but it's great. I I, I like it. I'm, I'm more it. attracted to her every day. I swear to God. And I know me too. Uh, it's it's more just being lazy. And and I, I feel I was going to ask you this. I feel like this quarantine and everybody being together while we're all on top of each other has also forced me to kind of look inward. Mm-hmm. And I tend to get really introspective and sometimes kind of shut off, whether if it's with my phone or it's with whatever. I, I find myself, I'm trying to find my own little space within my space mm-hmm. and I, I kind of shut off. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if, I mean, I see you doing Instagram videos and doing your. Yeah. Your act, Aaron, doesn't get tired of that. My act, like, that's just that, that, that's pure authenticity, Joe. No, yeah. it's okay. the, it's for the love of the game. That Kevin, like that mm. Kevin Costner movie. You know what I mean? It's for the love of yeah. the game. I'm not getting paid. I just, you know, I'm an entertainer, bro, and I just I fucking entertain. <laughs> this is what I do. It's in my blood. I can't help it. You know? No, I no, know. but but here's no, the I thing. I, I went into a hole, big hole, yesterday. Uh, I went into a below deck hole, which is a show on Bravo about the under sort of the the downstairs look at what it is to run a yacht. Okay, and Uh I was five hours, five hours in bed watching this shit, and my wife was like, "See, I don't have that luxury." Doing, I haven't spent five hours in bed unless I'm dead ass to sleep for two years. Well, look, it's a trade off. Okay, my kids are twelve, ten, and six. They can take care of themselves. They can do things on their own, you know? So it's great. You don't have that luxury. You're always having to be on with your twins. Right. The difference is, and this gets back to why I don't understand you guys aren't having sex like every single second, the kids go to bed early. If our kids went to bed early, 
you know, we would be drinking wine and like having a great old time, which we are, mm-hmm. by the way. Our, our, our sex life is is pretty tremendous, you know. But you did have sex the other day, and um, it yeah, went, thanks it went, for the update. It went. Did rather, I tell you that? Or yeah, didn't yeah, no, you, you no, you told me. Well, actually, she texted me that it was very quick. It was like a fifteen second situation. Well, isn't that kind of how that goes? Well, I don't think it was fifteen seconds, but isn't that kind of how that goes? If you have a long layoff, and then yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, then you, but I we so but, along but anyway, those lines, yeah, along those lines, I was going to talk to you about this. We are having a date night on Thursday night. We are going to dress up mm-hmm. in our. I'm going to get in a suit like we're going to dinner. She's going to get into a dress. <laughs> We are going to go downstairs in our basement, which is where I'm talking to you from right now. I am in charge of it. Wow. Uh, we're going to light candles. It's just going to be the two of us. The kids uh, are going to be down and asleep. Of course, we'll have the monitor down here with us the mm-hmm. entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there will be music on, and there will be an effort made on both of our parts to actually connect as husband and wife that's in great. the midst of all this. I love it. So I so that's it. that's our romantic evening uh I love coming that. on, what are you on gonna, Thursday. What music? Are you gonna put on like some Barry White? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Maybe some uh Belle Biv DeVoe. She's a huge Poison, dude. It's, that's that's a that's that's a that's a panty dropper, dude. Poison. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That girl is poison. Oh, I thought you meant the band Poison. Well, that's that too. Every rose has its thorn. I mean, that's I don't, was that them? Yeah, dude. Right. Every rose has its thorn, just like every night. Every oh, oh. So I give a cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its song. Boom! Yeah. Then it kicks Go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go. in. Boom! Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, that was their "Bring It Down" song. But they, if that's theirs, I'm I'm not even yeah, that's poison. Sure. Okay, right? fine. I mean, I guess I don't know. I hope, I'm kind of blanking out. Yeah, yes, poison. okay. No, Sim that's is, poison. Sim, you can talk, dude. Yeah. Sim, so we jump have in. we have um, our producer's name is Sim Sarna. And he's, of course, in a little box right now, giving thumbs up, wearing a USC shirt, and uh, he's afraid to talk because he's, uh, you know, he's a little. Don't hyper. be afraid, Sim. You know yeah. that when we started this, he started his Zoom recorder just hoping to get in. He's like yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. in the bullpen, just clawing to get out of the bull. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Go ahead, Sim. Go it's ahead. poison, right? I'm never going to get a word in edgewise. I like talking to you guys off of all of this because that's when I know I can actually do my thing and talk and you guys actually listen to me. I feel like if I talk on this show Hold on. Can I I gotta stop I gotta stop you for a second. What the fuck is that weird microphone you have? It's like Hold on. that thing looks I don't even I'm not even it's it's like that a, looks like a sex toy. It does look like a sex toy. It's a microphone adapter that plugs into his iPhone, but it's like the, it looks like the head. Of Why a is penis. Sim always in bed? I feel like I'm talking to one of the grandparents from Sorry, Willy Wonka. Okay, hold on. Because he just sits now. back and collects checks, and, he, and and you know he he. Oh, it's that easy, Oliver. It's that easy. Yeah, really. You have no idea, no clue whatsoever. Okay. I mean, I'm going to give you, you sound a lesson like my one day. Mom. You sound like my mom when I complain about her doing something. Well, I raised you, didn't I? I think I did. I think I did just fine. Mm-hmm. I think I, I did all right. Well, Sim Go has ahead. his Sim. I do feel like Oliver's dad at times, especially since I've been working with you for now for what, over a year and a half. 
yeah. with sibling. I do have this, you know, this father-son relationship with you. Yeah, I mean, if your son will in- increases the value of dad's company, then sure, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> if dad, if, if the son is calling you every day to try to improve what, what you're doing and, and you say yes, then yeah, sure, I'll be your son. Okay. <laughs> all right, fine. All right, I like this. Um, Sam actually has a new kid, so he's dealing with all kinds of all kinds of shit right now. You know, he's learning how to be a dad in the midst of this crisis. That's an interesting question, actually, because there's a lot of parents out there, a lot of dads out there who have had kids for the first time, and the sort of standard way to go about things, going to the park, you know, taking them to baseball games or whatever it is, is is. It's, that's not available right now. You're you're having to learn how to be a father under different conditions, aren't you? Right. This is how they raised kids in like Little House on the Prairie. Right now, it's harder because I don't have the luxury of having a nanny. There's no daycare. Uh, so right now, Amy and I both have really difficult jobs. I know, despite what you may think about my job, Oliver, it's it's very demanding. I think and it's it's so we're either taking shifts or we're, we're just, I mean, I'm doing a lot of responding. I have to pick him up. I mean, it's, he's a year and a half. He's 18 months. So, Joe, you're, you're six months ahead of me on this. I mean, does it get a little bit easier? I mean, Absolutely I, not. Be- de- no. He just demands all of our attention all the time, which is great. I love this. He loves to read. Um, we, we're playing baseball now. We're hitting off the tee. Yeah. We're putting golf. We're hitting you know, little hoops. He's a little hoop. So I'm having a lot of fun. So actually, this quarantine is great for the fact that you know, I'm forced to spend more time with them during this time, which I love. But yeah. it's also very difficult to get anything done. And it's I don't a see lot. It's and I don't improved. think it should weigh on your guilt like it does mine. Uh, and Oliver knows I live in a puddle of guilt. Oh God! You uh, swim, but you, you 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 jump into the puddle like an will, ocean, willingly. an ocean of guilt <laughs> uh, that you that you want your own time, and it's okay. And I have a tough time with that. I'm like I'm I'm with these boys, or or even with my girls the first go around, and I th- I think guilt can be good to to a a small degree, keep you on the right path. Agreed. You can't be guilt-free. You can't live your life guilt-free. That's not realistic. You have to, I think it's a good check on being, uh, you know, present and being there for others and being there for your kids and being there for your wife. And if not, then you're just a narcissistic fuck. That's 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 a great point, actually. I never thought of it that way. You know, a little guilt can go a long way. A little guilt as as a parent. As a parent goes, it's but good. every it's therapist good. will tell you, even my own, you know, guilt the the gift that keeps on giving, and it's like, well, yeah, but if I if I don't carry around some guilt to do what's right, right, then, then you're just I, that's a, not the person I want to be, right, totally. But but now, is it guilt or is it you know a, a willing excitement to be with your kids and raise your kids? I think it goes both ways. So I think the guilt is what brings you to the table a little bit because. Otherwise, you'd just be an anarchist and running around like a crazy person. But what happens to me anyway is once I get brought to the table, I look back on the moments where I was forced to do the things that I felt like I should do, and I, I, I miss it. You know what I mean? Like, I miss waking up with my kids when they're infants. I miss when they're that little, even though it was hard. You know, yeah, I, you know, you, you look back at those things and, uh, they're some of the greatest times, but it is true. And, and, you know, like we said on the last podcast and, and it's certainly there throughout, 
a lot of people have to make a lot of tough decisions with regard to work and what have you, and I can't be there every morning. But that time in the morning or that time putting them to bed or that one-on-one locked eyes, phone is not in the room kind of stuff, and that's what I want to talk to Mark Cuban about today is how when you have as much going on as Mark Cuban seems to have going on, how you are able to connect with your wife and then in his case, your three kids. So yeah, you, you do miss that time and what you put in, you get out. And, and so I've, I've, I know the answers to the test in some ways and that I've got 23 and 20 year old daughters and I feel like what I put in, I'm getting back now. And especially with the way they are with my boys. Uh, that's been, I, I have never had more joy or something bring me to the verge of tears for the right reasons than watching my basically two-year-old sons grabbing my daughters by their hands and walking them somewhere and sitting down with them and just being with them. Right. It, it's yeah, beautiful. But, but, but you know what? That it, you got to that point because... You know, I don't know. It was talk, hard, but I don't want to talk about it or not. But you know, when you met Michelle, who is your current wife, they were. It was not a pretty picture. You know, I mean that 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 had to that had to there had to be some growth there, and look where it got to. And then even when she was pregnant, right? I mean, it was a little bit of like, a, oh shit! Moment. Oh my god! If and we, it is our objective on this podcast to talk to our kids. And I think that my daughter, I know my daughters, will be honest with you, and I, and I agree with you. I think you should interview my daughters without me sitting here. Yeah. And I they will to. tell you that it was hard for me to tell them that I was going to get married because I feel like they felt like they were losing their place with me even more, and somebody was replacing their mom, which, you know, they were by then old enough to get it all. They were... 13 and 10. How did you deal with that though? You know, it's the hardest thing I've ever, it's the hardest conversation I've ever had in my life when you have to sit down and tell these two beings that you love, you lay down your life for that you're making this gigantic change and mom and dad aren't going to be together anymore. We could do 10 podcasts on that. I'm sure there are a million podcasts out there about what it's like telling kids and how you get through that and how it doesn't become their fault. And we don't have to do that now, but, but, Going from that to then, okay, Michelle's pregnant. Now, Michelle's was unbelievable throughout this whole thing, mm-hmm. and you know this because I've told you this personally off air, that she learned from her own stepdad. Her own stepdad said being a step-parent is knowing when to step in, when to step back, when to step up, when to step out, and, and that's really how he went about it, and that's how she went about it, so she never forced herself onto them. She she was not any part of any reason why I wasn't with their mom, which was a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. And then when I told them that she was pregnant, it was tough because they felt like, well, you know, I, they know how close they are to me and where they sit in my heart. And I think they were threatened that their spot mm-hmm. was going to be taken by the shiny new toys that were about to come into the world. Had they, and now everybody's together and it's ha- like they can't get enough of their brothers. Had they already accepted Michelle fully? Oh, yeah, 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 t- yeah. No, no, no. Already before she was pregnant, meaning like Michelle's our homegirl right now. Like boom. Not to this point. Okay, so right, and so then the the pregnancy sort of maybe piled on to sort of that skepticism just a little bit. Yeah, of, because I, I I remember Trudy saying, you know, this is about Michelle. This is you don't want more kids. This is about Michelle, and it was mm. 
Very what about me? I actually talked to Kate. I'm with I'm this. with Trudy on that, by the way. Right. <laughs> still. I'm still there. I'm still with Trudy. I, okay, I talked on, to your sister on, and she's on. like, you know, Kate's Miss Free Love and she's like, Oh, they should be so excited. But I then I went and talked to therapists and they're like, No, this is completely normal. Mm-hmm. And then wait till the kids are born, in my case kids, because of twins, and it will it should, and she believed my therapist believed it would flip, and man, it was like it was like clockwork the minute Mm. those boys popped into the world it was like they wanted to eat them they couldn't get enough of them and now we're all together and it's been the most it's been the biggest silver lining of all of this and it's brought our entire family closer than it's ever been what's michelle's relationship if any with your ex-wife i mean did did they did they talk pretty pretty much zero zero I, i wish there was more uh but to this point, I mean, my ex-wife now that my daughters are 23 and 20, it's not like they're five and eight and we're doing drop-offs. Yeah, and yeah. You know, it's, it, Michelle's not raising my kids. Um, the kids, by the time Michelle showed up, my, my daughters were, you know, in my oldest was basically a senior in high school. My youngest was a freshman and it was it wasn't like that no i know but but those are some pivotal female times and michelle is such a cool woman and youthful and fun and smart like she must there is there is a step in step out as far as a step parent goes with her she was so good with that and i think the hardest she's not right my point is she's not raising them but she has she must be influential especially when dealing with boys i mean this is the time when all this starts to happen no right no she said i'm coming in to hopefully be one of your closest friends i'm not coming in to replace your mom i'm coming in to to be somebody that you can count on which she has been since day one she moved to st louis i mean she moved to st louis from santa monica california because my girls were in high school and i couldn't move anywhere and she's been there from day one. Now I see this thing has blossomed to the point where, you know, they come to her with stuff and I'm not even involved. It's it's their own relationship, which has been the another part of this. It's been so rewarding. And she has shown them a different way to be. And she's shown them, I think, in some ways, you know, an entire and now she's showing them how to be a mom, you know, mm-hmm. because they're old enough to see it and they see how she is with our boys. And I, they're learning every day, and they they're smart enough to understand that. So it's it's it was not easy, but we're out the other side now, and it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, so she, I, if she now if, if she'll just have sex with you, things will be good. But there's no. But you're act, you're painting that <laughs> as if she's refusing. It's okay. That's not the case. Hey, it, it's okay. You don't right. have to. You don't have to get defensive. I mean, we started our you know? podcast with you asking for a wife swap. <laughs> no, I was just trying to be, be be you know cool to Michelle because she touches me inappropriately now and again, and I know that like sometimes maybe she needs a little a little pick attention. Yeah, a little attention. A little attention. You know. Yeah, I, I, I. She's she's got so much. Attention. Anyway, my point is with, with Sim is that. You know, just just run, dude. <laughs> you can have a nanny, Sam. <laughs> you just have to abduct someone and then put them in your own quarantine for two weeks. Make sure they're symptom free, and then welcome mm-hmm. them into the other parts of your house. And you just—they can never leave. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Potentially, but they're <laughs> they're happy now, and uh, they're no longer sending out. Uh, 
secretive messages to family and friends to get them out of our house. So they're good. <laughs> like they're well compensated. Smoke so signal. <laughs> yeah. Help. I've been inducted by the Bucks. Uh, no, we're so not doing funny. that. We're not doing that. No, Actually, we, we, we got into this program with Au Pairs, which is a government-run program where, uh, in our case, two... 20 plus year old girls have come for one's from Switzerland, one's from uh, South Africa. Yeah. They've been living with us yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for months. I mean, here's the thing I've seen so many au pair situations go wrong because they're usually these young, pretty girls, right? I've had two or three friends who have had issues, uh, and, and then you're dealing well, with. I think that talks about your friends. I, that, that has nothing to do with anything. That, that's the dumbest point you could make. Okay, well... So you're saying don't have an au pair because you don't trust yourself to be around a 20-plus-year-old female in your house? That's that's the lesson here? I'm just going off of what you've told me. <laughs> oh, really? Is that true? <laughs> no. <laughs> These girls are like my kids. I, I think the best thing is they're basically the ages of my kids. That's how I look at them, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's some matter of trust there that, that I talked to both their parents and I was like, look, I, if I was sending my daughter to Switzerland or South Africa, I, I would want to look that dad mm-hmm. in the eyes mm-hmm. and say, tell me about yourself and uh, let's get to know you. Mm-hmm. And, and but so don't, thankfully, don't, it's been a home run. Don't they have only a couple years? Is, is that how it works? Two years at the most, and then they have to go home. It's it's a whole visa thing. They have to take uh, classes here. That's how it's a government program. Right. And, uh, it's a place called Cultural Care. Not a sponsor, but uh, I recommend it to anybody <laughs> Would tuning that, in. It would be weird if... If they were a sponsor. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> do we get sponsors? When do we get sponsors, Sim? You're the you're the genius behind this. We machine. can start uh, next week, the week after. We have actually a lot of sponsor interest. Is that so? Great. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I can't I get over this are. weird microphone yeah. like plugged into your phone. I can't. It, it, if it's... we get great sponsors, can I buy you a new headboard just, <laughs> just because I want a better background when I look at you? This actually came from a, a sponsor from a previous show. Uh, sleep number, not a sponsor of this show, but this is a, a sleep number headboard, and it's awesome. What's your Joe? sleep number? Um, I'm at about an 85. I don't is that firmness? That it's a little, yeah, firmness. It's a. You know what? What's your boner? What's your boner number? <laughs> <laughs> Mine's at like 85. <laughs> as far as what's your boner number right now, Joe? Are you zero? Uh, I'm zero. Well, yeah. Why would I? Why would I have any reading whatsoever? No, I think I'm. At, I'm I could be negative. You know, it's so weird. My 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 wiener is a. It's. I think every man can probably relate to this. Sometimes you know when it's flaccid, it looks great, and then sometimes it just doesn't. I don't know why. I mean, it could deal with. T- it could be temperature, but sometimes I'll go to take a leak, and I'm like, oh yeah, like all right, nice. And yeah. then sometimes I'm like, wow, okay, wow. Uh, my Where'd sleep numbers, sleep numbers, like in the negatives. Yeah, you know. I think everybody, every male has that going on. I know. I don't like that. I wish it would just st- when it's soft. If, if it would just stay one size you know consistency yeah. is uh is good for me maybe it's structure. your diet i need structure maybe it's the weed no it's not the weed it's ridiculous could be. no it could be no 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 hey we're like two minutes away from mark cuban joining this conversation <clears throat> i know i'm excited 
I'm excited. I've I met too. I've met him. I, I'm sure you've met him a few times. I've only met him a couple of times, but uh, I'm excited just to get in it with him. He, he's uh, he seems like an amazing dad, you know, especially being a billionaire and having children. I'm excited to talk with him about how that works. Espe- how and, about and, that? And not only that. Not only that, but he's also a celebrity now. So I'm curious to see how he does it. My parents did it a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they really made sure that we understood that our life was was not the real world, you know? Um, and, and I'm curious sort of to see how he goes about that and, uh, you know, what sort of structures he puts into place to... You know, make sure that his kids know that you are lucky motherfuckers, you know? Right. That, that's what I'm most Speaking of which, about. and we can uh, take this out. Um, yeah, we'll take out, we'll take out the... Um, send me... Here. Au pair stuff, too, because you scared me, Joe. Why? I don't know. It made me feel like... You made me feel creepy or something. Like, you know, like, oh, God, you know, what, what's your problem? Now we should keep this in. Because <laughs> I yeah, like this. Why part. are you so? I you know I'm finding I, I a sensitive you, side. Of you. You're like Mr. Hardass, and I'm the big I'm the big pussy in this whole thing. And why you, think you're, that, you that's might your be own perception of things? No, no, I, I don't want to be insensitive to you know potential au pairs or women. Like the way that you sort of painted me when I made that comment was like, oh, what you have a fucking problem, bro? With, I was just kidding. Jesus. I know, but all right, keep it in, I guess. Um, Why? Uh, he just you, emailed me, at? and he's having a tough time getting on Zoom. So who? Cuban? I just sent it. I just sent him the. I just almost said send it. I just. Uh, I just sent him the. <laughs> the irony. Link. The irony. The tech man of all tech men has a problem getting on Zoom. I want my MTV. That song reminds me of of my father, Bill Hudson. He played me uh, Dire Straits for the first time Who ever. Did? My dad, Bill uh, Hudson, he he um, that M- I want my MTV reminds me of him. Um, he told me that he was the guitar player of Dire Straits. <laughs> 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 I believed him too forever. I, I, I still awesome. I still think he might be. But um, every time I hear that song, it reminds me of my dad. Um, Does it make you weep? Mm, no, but I've I've been t- I was I've been texting with him. Oh, this is going great, you guys. This whole like lead in, it's exactly how I envisioned it. Oh, shut up. The trend this this transition is fucking genius. Thanks, Joe. If you do, I told you so. I'm hanging up. Uh, hey, hey, look, I'm smart. Okay, I know what I'm doing. I. <laughs> Just for everyone, for I know for everyone who's listening to this, like we had we had about a forty five minute conversation before we even started recording this episode about how to transition, how to hold on, let me finish how to transition into this. And I said it's going to be weird with the Zoom and like getting in, and you know it's going to be it's it's not going to be smooth transition. And Joe and Sim, Sim, Sim is a, Sim just you know kisses Joe's ass I think because he just loves sports and. So I've become second in Sims World. So everything Joe says sort of is, 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 is gold now. And I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. And here we are. We were in a great conversation. I was about to talk about my dad and how we've been texting lately. And it got cut off because we're trying to figure out the transition into Mark Cuban. Oh, my God. Let this be a lesson to both You're of you. You're making me gassy. 
Well, take some Gas X. Sponsored by Gas X, Daddy Issues. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Ah, oh, yeah. we're cooking with heat. Okay. There he oh, is. Oh, and he's got the, got the Mavericks. Hold on. I got to get rid of that because I got something better. Let me get this all organized. Okay, but we're not recording video at all, so it doesn't matter. No, okay. no, it no, doesn't no. matter. Cool. No, but right, I'm uh, we're looking at an NBA championship trophy, which uh, – and prior to that, Mark, your background was that uh, was your arena. How, how much are you dying for the day when uh, that thing is filled up with Mavericks fans and we're back to normal? It's killing me, man. Just being able to go out there and feel that energy and feel that buzz. It, I mean, it's killing me as a fan that, you know, there's nothing on. <laughs> I mean, I don't right. mind esports, but I'm not going to watch, you know, Rocket League. That's not my thing. Mm. Yeah. How's your time been, though, at home? I mean, it's a whole different world we're all living in. We were just talking about it before you came on, just about the FaceTime that you get with your kids and your family that really doesn't get to happen much. So I'll you tell know? you a quick story. Right? So I, my oldest daughter is 16, um, Alexis, and she's going nuts, obviously. My 13-year-old daughter is handling a little better. My 10-year-old, he's cool. He's having fun playing um, Minecraft. But so I'm taking a walk around just to try to get some exercise. And I see my 16-year-old walk out in a bathroom <laughs> and get in her, her car because she's got, just got a car. And I'm thinking, oh, no, she's escaping. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a bathrobe. It's like a mental institution patient <laughs> yeah, just got she's out. she's in her bathrobe, right? And so I FaceTime her, and <laughs> she goes, she picks it up. She goes, I escaped and clicked off, right? And then I call my wife. I'm like, where's Alexis? She goes, I'm with her. They're going, they're doing like um, a drive-through um, parade for someone's birthday. Yeah. They all put balloons on the cars and they're parading by this girl's 13-year-old girl's house, daughter, a friend of my daughter's. So I literally thought she had wigged out and was trying to escape. That's funny. Th- those um, those birthday parades, I've done two of them now. This is obviously the new thing. Yep. And, and, and this is the one thing that I think that I'm going to petition to keep after this quarantine is over. I love it. I, I The going to the birthdays on Saturdays, and by the way, I'm just going to say this right now, to every person who schedules a birthday on a Sunday during football season doesn't deserve to, to be on the earth okay no that, that's like weddings on holidays yes yes but but i do love the the drive-through birthdays thing because you don't have to sit there you don't have to interact with anyone just Amen. toss a present on the lawn and yes. like let's get going you I know do. what it's it hopefully this will also lead to the end of co-ed baby showers yes oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's are my priorities mis- the things that need to change <laughs> <laughs> You guys are just miserable, lonely dicks. Oh, it's unbelievable. What are you talking about? I mean, it's about. Do you, you had like one, didn't nobody? you? You had one. You no, know, I I feel like there's some value in people getting in the same room. And no, do you hate your kids' parents that your kids' friends' parents that much? No, oh, oh my God, no. But if you it, let's go to dinner maybe and have a few cocktails. I don't want to go sit on a birthday on a Saturday. It's the week. Birthday parties I can handle at least a little bit because there's going to be football on. You don't have to give all your full attention. But when it's a baby shower, yeah. half the people there are going ooh, oh, <laughs> yeah, no. all the presents right, and you're going. <laughs> Where's my watch? Where's my watch? Where's my watch? When, when can we get out of here? Yeah, that's, that's you know, you know, Mark. Reading about you, what I, what I, what really caught my attention as, as a dad, 
at least with regard to you, and then when I compare it to my life, and certainly to Oliver's, we're all so busy. But but I feel like you have found a way, Mark, to connect with your kids despite forget forget the pandemic and the quarantine and everything else. I, I feel like you are able to unplug and and actually really be with your kids. Uh, and and that's something that it just seems with all the reading I've done about you is is very important to you. How how, how do you how do you accomplish that? You put well, the phone it, in the other room. How do you it do it? Sounds because the majority of time that I want to spend time with my kids, they don't want to be anywhere near me. So <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, just like regular kids. So it's not like I have some secret formula. But at the same time, when I get that time and we're, we're trying to do something fun or different or interesting, and effectively they become the party planners, right? Particularly my oldest daughter. So when she wants to do her TikTok, it's like every day, Lex, we doing a TikTok? Alyssa, we doing a TikTok? And, you know, she wants to be TikTok famous. So I let her use me as much as possible. And, you know, push by the way, dude, I've out. watched them. I've watched a couple of your TikToks. They're amazing. One, one of them you hit perfectly. There was one where, I mean, it was, it was gold. You were yeah, right and so, it. I mean, she picks them up right away. She cracks up. I have to practice for 30 minutes, right? right. right? But um, it, it's good. So whenever I get the chance to spend time with them, I wish I could say it was me driving the, the show, but it's them. And, it, and, I, and I also sense, Ollie, sorry to cut no, you go, off. Go, 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 go. Uh, it, it's vitally important for you as a person who is in the category of a billionaire to make sure that your kids stand on their own oh, yeah. and, and, and accomplish their own. And, and I, I, I admire that so much. And it, it seems like that's something that's, that's drilled into them from when they're really little. Yeah. I mean, early on they had to earn everything and cause we want it to be, it's hard to be normal, but we want it to be as normal as possible, you know, cause it, we just, there's just no way it could be a hundred percent normal. And so like now, I mean, you know, we're used to having help around the house, there ain't no help around the house. And so they're doing their own laundry. You know, they're washing their own dishes. They're sometimes cleaning their own rooms, you know, sometimes, sometimes yeah. yeah, sometimes picking up after themselves. And, and so, you know, that's, that's a positive and they know, I mean, I've been very clear to them that I'm not going to just hand everything over. They're going to have to earn it. And they're all, they, they figured it out. And, you know, I think in some respects, they, they're prideful enough that they don't want to be taken care of. You know, they want to know that they can do it on their own, um, all of them, all three of them. And so I, I respect that and, and I'm proud of them for that. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I grew up in a similar situation, you know what I mean, that your kids grew up in because, you, you know, it's not a, just about the wealth. I mean, you're famous now at this point. People know who you are. Right. You know, I grew up with famous parents and um, it was a different time. Obviously, you know, social media wasn't there and the technology wasn't there. So it, they, we were in everyone's faces all the time. But my parents made it a point to not give us everything and to help us understand that the world that we're living in right now is not the real world necessarily. Right. There is a real world out yes, there. Yes, there is. Yep. But I also but they also but being spoiled, okay? Being spoiled is more of a state of mind than actually getting things. There are plenty of people out there who are spoiled as shit who don't get a lot. You know, they just are entitled, right? Yeah. So we had nice Christmases, we had nice vacations, but when it came to Asking for money, allowance, chores. When I went to college, the amount of money that I got. I mean, it was like, no, you got to work for your own shit right now. Yep. I got a Absolutely. credit card at college because they basically just hand them out, right? And I was $300 over, overdrawn 
And I called mom and I was like, can I borrow $300? For what? A credit card. You have a credit card? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, figure it out. No way. I had to call my friend's father and borrow 300 bucks to pay off the credit card. Bill. So my you daughter know? went to, my daughters went to um, lunch one time and they all with, with a pack of their friends. It's one of our, you know, she's just getting, you know, full of herself, a bunch of girls going out, hanging out. And they went to a uh, diner and they just ordered and it came time to pay. <laughs> Nobody had any money. <laughs> and then they finally figured out what, you know, and I'm like, Nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Figure it out. <laughs> I know. Figure it out. That is like the motto for uh, for my kids. Is figure yep. it out. Exactly. Did you grow up that way? You know what I mean. Like, are you? Do you instill a lot of sort of you know how you grew up and the and how your parents raised you into your own children? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. want them to have to figure things out. We're not going to just hand it to them. And look, they'll work. They'll work around me a lot of times and things that yeah. you know they'll know that I don't see this or I don't see that. But um, at the same time, you know, I, you can just tell by how they respond to things. You know, it's not like, you know, they don't know that it's important to me and they, they have to deal with it. So if we're at the dinner table or whatever, you know, because in, the way I know it's because they always use schoolwork as an excuse, you know, because they know that's a priority for me and, and reading and learning. And, and so, you know, it's, all, it's never, well, I just don't want to do it. It's mm-hmm. always, well, I've got this homework and that homework. And I'm always like, well, tell me about it, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, trying to call them on it, but they're, they're good kids. They're really, I'm really, really lucky. You know, they're, they're really good kids and they've got their head on straight and, you know, every now and then they're a little bit spoiled, but for the most part, you know, they recognize that it's on them. Yeah. That's normal. I mean, look at Joe. The only reason yeah, right? Joe is anywhere is because of who his dad is, you know, <laughs> right? nepotism's awesome. I don't know what you get. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with nepotism, but then you got to do the work. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's how it would be for, for any one of your three kids. It's fine to get in the door. I I just think that, you know, if one of your three kids do follow you or get into the company, they're going to have more scrutiny and more eyes on them than really somebody off the street. And and so that's how it was for me. And I was doing it publicly trying to broadcast, actually sitting in a booth with my dad. That's tough. And, you know, when you do that and you're looking to your left and there's a a dad who's in the Hall of Fame and you're trying to do it as a basically a little kid at 21 years old, you know, I, I felt like it was a high wire act every time we went on the air. And if I fell off that high wire, I might not get back on. So you know, it, I had so proud of you. So, so proud of, you know, now that you're a dad, you realize just how, how proud your parents are and you get those same feelings. Right. And the crazy part is I, you know, my dad never made more than $40,000 a year in his life. He did upholstery on cars, but I see myself, I see my dad and myself and my mannerisms and things that I do and, you know, on an ongoing basis and you just connect it all. How how great was it that when you hit it, Mark, you had the intention of allowing, in essence, your dad to retire oh, and yeah. just have, have whatever life he wanted, but he didn't want that. He wanted to keep working. I mean, that says so much about him, and I, I'm sure so much about what he passed down to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, my dad, my mom, um, they it was always about work, and my mom to this day shops at TJ Maxx. I mean, she's buying, you know, (laughs) just the cheapest stuff she can find. And it's just ingrained into her. And, and so, um, you know, it's, 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 it's just fun. It's rewarding to just, just feel the things that I grew up with. And, you know, I remember when I told my dad, 
the first time I made $100,000 in a year. And I was 26, I think, or 20, 27 maybe. And he just cried. He mm. just cried and cried and cried. Um, or when God. we got to the point, you know, he always wanted to grab the bill no matter where we were, right, to pay for dinner. And I had to get to that point where I could convince him that it was okay. You got to let me pay now. And he still wouldn't, I mean, to the, you know, to two years before he died and we would go out to dinner and he was taking the bill, even though it was my credit card, he was still going to take the bill. Never. <laughs> That's so great. Well, you know, it's so funny because I, I, I say I've been I've said this since I've had kids. I don't think we fully understand how much our parents loved us until we have children of our no own. question. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. when your mom or your dad are gushing on you and hugging you and loving you and you're like, Jesus, OK, I get it. You love me. Leave me the fuck alone for two seconds. Yep. But now that yep. I have my children, I'm like, oh, my God, I get it now. I get why you are so obsessed with me all the time. You know, no question. I mean, I can't hug my kids enough. And it's just the oh, noise of shit out of them. Right. I know. The noise of shit out. And my middle daughter, she won't hug me anymore. So just do belly bumps. My 13 year old, you know, did you see your dad a lot? I mean, was he around a lot when you were a kid or was he just working his ass off? No, he works his ass off, but I mean, he was there after at dinner. So we all yeah. pretty much ate, had dinner together. So, you know, he, he'd get up at seven 30 um, and then work until get home at six, six days a week. So, I mean, I, I saw him cause we were at school obviously or whatever during the day. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was always coming home for dinner and you know, yeah, it was great. It mm -hmm. really was. And you were a Steelers fan growing up, right? Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pittsburgh Pipers, you name it. <laughs> Anything Pittsburgh. And was your dad in was your dad a big sports fan? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So My he grand... brought you he brought you into the Pittsburgh sports world. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was always he's screaming, yelling at the TV. You know, Franco Harris got a breakaway. Go, go. He's yelling and screaming. And so now my brother's just out of habit, you know, if we're watching a game. Same thing, doing the same thing. And my grandfather on my mom's side used to love wrestling. And there was a wrestler, Bruno San Martino and George the Animal Steel. Oh, so yeah. when I'd go see him on the weekends, we'd watch wrestling together. And so just sports, 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 sports. Mark, it's been long enough since you've made your money that I don't know that people are, are now, or at least another generation, is aware of how you started. And that I, I think it's just brilliant. You know, I'm an IU guy. You went to Indiana. Yep. And basically – you know, the greatest uh, invention came out of a necessity to for you guys to hear the IU basketball game that you couldn't get yep. in your dorm or wherever you were. And, and that's what started you on this, on this journey. Thing. Yeah, I mean, right when the Internet first came out and I was in Dallas um, to listen to um, an IU basketball game, we had we'd have somebody in Bloomington hold a speakerphone next to a, um, a radio and then we'd have a speakerphone on the other side. And we'd have our six pack of beer and we just sit around drinking beer, listening to Don Fisher, you know, broadcast the games. And, yeah. and then it was like, all right, wait, this internet thing, we've got to be able to do audio over the internet. So let, let's try to, I'm, an, I'm a tech geek. I did networking. Let me try to figure this thing out. And so we started a company called AudioNet. And then all of a sudden we figured out how to get people online listening to Dallas sports. And it just blew up. Blew up. We went to the, you know, we went to KLIF. There was a guy named Norm Hitzkis who had a sports show. And oh, we, yeah. Yeah. So we would just, we would literally take a VCR with an eight hour VHS tape, record it from his board, and then take it back to the second bedroom of my house um, and then connect it to my old Packard Bell computer and encode it. 
Then we put it online and I go on AOL chat boards and I'd go on CompuServe and wherever I could find people saying, if you're anywhere outside of Dallas and interested in Dallas sports, you got to download all this stuff, but go to audionet.com and you can hear all the Dallas sports shows. And then the next thing you know, we had 10 people, then 100, then 1,000 people a day, then 100,000. And, you know, then we got to video and then the whole thing blew up and then we sold it. Wow. That was the whole start of the streaming industry. And then that was was like a big deal. But now it's like, no biggie. So I was wrong. So that was after you got out of IU that you wanted to hear the IU Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, I'm old. It couldn't have happened way back then. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. You know, when you say you're old, you certainly, first of all, you're not. We we all know that. You're in your early 60s, but... You 61, don't, not you early, 61. Just 61. Okay, you're, you're 61. <laughs> you're six, I'm about to turn 51, but you come off so young. And what, what for whether it was intended or not, you have to be the most relatable billionaire in the history of the world. Like as we, you know, as you see the, the changes that, that have transpired in this country and, and people looking at wealth in a certain way, and yet... I, I don't know. I, I just I see you, and I feel like you're you're somebody that people connect with, and and yet you know at least financially, yeah, you're change. in your own stratosphere. How 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 have how do you think you've been able to accomplish that? Because my friends are that when I was broke, you know, living six guys, and you know, I went from IU down to Dallas, and I knew a couple of folks, and they're like, "You crash with us." So I lived six guys in a three bedroom apartment. You know, it got fired from jobs, worked as a bartender at night, the whole spiel. Um, and I was happy then I was just broke, you know, and my friends that I made then, my friends from high school are still my best friends. You know, those are still the guys I, I talked to and my brothers, they wouldn't let me change, I guess. And there was no reason to change. I was having a good time. You know, why mm-hmm. would I change? And, and so just, yeah, the same stupid idiot I've, I've always been just with a bigger bank account. Yeah. Have you slowed down at all? I mean, it's different. Or, you know, it's yeah. just different. I mean, I'm still to me, business is like a sport, you know, it's just all competition all the time. And, you know, with Shark Tank and everything that changed things just because of my visibility. So it's just, yeah, you know, changed the just. Going oh, yeah, dude. Like it's that. so it's actually really interesting because, you know, again, you're Mark Cuban, right? Everyone knows who knew who Mark Cuban was in the sports world and even outside of it, just because you sat and you were sitting on the floor, you were engaged, you were an engaged owner. Shark Tank comes along and you are like a full-blown celebrity now. So you've had yeah, like almost two iterations of who you are. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, it changed. How is that? Do you like that? I mean, is it fun? Or I knew what or, I was getting into. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. it, I knew what I was getting into. So if I go out, I know people are going to come up to me and talk to me or whatever. So, you know, like you guys, you go to the same places all the time where people are used to seeing you and it's no big Mm -hmm. deal. And when I'm with my family, I mean, people leave us alone. So, yeah, it's fine. But I get, you know, like, you know, you get a table at the restaurant you want, you make Mm -hmm. a phone call, you know, pick up (laughs) their call. And so, yeah, I'd say on on balance, it's it's very And what about what about your kids? What's it like being Mark Cuban's kids? You know what I mean? Is it because coming up? Yeah, I get that. I've got that shit all my life. You know what I mean? Like, do they have any sort of, is there any resentments at all? Or I don't any sort think of get- so. I mean, no. because I think the positive of it is they see how I treat people when they come up to me, people I don't know. And I think, you know, it's my wife and I both have sent that message that it doesn't matter who they are. You're treating them with respect and you're being nice. And it's just, it's easier to be nice than it is to be mean or to just ignore somebody. It takes a whole lot less time to say thank you and take a picture than it does to try to explain why you can't take a picture. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think seeing me be nice or when we're 
wherever we go, just the same way my dad treated people, you know, it's just no different. And, and I think, you know, that carries on and hope, you know, I think it's resonated with them. Um, mm-hmm. I guess time will tell, but I, I'm pretty, pretty sure mm-hmm. it has. That when, you know, I live in St. Louis, my dad made his name in St. Louis. It's a small town. So when we would be out to dinner, my dad, I'm sure treated people, you know, he came from nothing. He, and he, he came from Holyoke, Massachusetts, had no money, made his own money and, and never really hit it big. Always at the same restaurant would get out a, a napkin, paper napkin and, and try to total up his net worth. And one time he got to seven figures and was freaked out. And, awesome. I mean, it was everything he had. Was That's like, awesome. That's awesome. You know, the gas that was in the car that was in the parking lot <laughs> was a part of, it was a part of the ad. I remember those days. But, but, but I mean, if somebody came up to our table, I swear to God, as much as I'm as as sure as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, he would pull a chair out and they would sit down with us. And, and I, he was the most open book and the most welcoming person. And I saw that as a kid, it almost gives me guilt because I'm not, (laughs) I'll I'll be nice. I'm nice. I'm overly nice to everybody. It's but like, it's like my god, my, my god, my god, my dad was like, "Come on, dad, we we haven't seen you in two weeks." You know, Maybe we don't want to generation because my dad was the same way. My dad pull up a chair, yeah, wine, let's get drunk with anybody. That that's so great. Uh, see, I, it drove me crazy, man. Like I have memories of I, when we were out. You know, having dinner or whatever, and people would sort of be disrespectful and come up, it would drive me nuts. I would get angry. I would get internally angry. And it, by the way, this is part of my own psychology. Even when they were being respectful, there was something about it. And that's why I wanted to you know, ask about your kids, too, because for me personally, um, it was almost like they were, in, they were taking away my parents time, in a sense. Yeah. It's like, this is what the fuck are you doing, right? now this is it drove me crazy you know what i mean i mean i hope Uh, they don't feel that way Uh, you know and just don't show i don't i don't get that sense but excuse me i guess and you know time will tell us yeah yeah (laughs) but but i think i think the the bigger point is that example that was set there um it's hard you know i carry that forward and i look at how my dad did it now here we are you know x number of years later there's there's a social media world and I think that's the new layer. So my back then it was I knew all eyes were on me in a small town because I was Jack Buck's kid. That was one thing. But now my kids are on social media. You know, they live. You know, they're fans that hate me, and they, they'll shoot stuff at my kids or whatever. They'll they'll, they'll see them at IU. My daughter went to IU. My other ones at USC. They they have known since they were little that they had to act the right way and can't post stuff. That oh, no, I tell my daughters all the time, with. you know what, we, we like we had to talk about alcohol or being on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever. I'm like, if your friends get drunk and do something stupid, their parents get mad, right? If you do it, it's on the front page of every paper. Um, yeah. you know, it's going to be a thing on Snapchat, Discover, right, about my daughter doing this, 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 or this, right? But how do you balance that, Mark? You know what I mean? She's 16 years old. She's obviously going to be experimenting. We all did when we were young. So, you know, how how do you balance that? I mean, you you just try to, you know what's going to happen, right? And so you just try to make sure that she's careful when it does happen. And so, you know, teaching her how to drink, you know, teaching her, you know, what you can and can't do on Snapchat for both of my daughters, you know, um, 
you know, on TikTok, just looking at all the comments they get on TikTok or Instagram lives and, you know, all those types of things. And so you just, you, I just have to be careful and tell them to be careful. It's just part of the drill. You take the good with the bad. So how do you deal with boys? Where are you at with boys? <laughs> how, so, what kind of da- what kind of dad are you when it comes to that? They don't like to bring them around me anymore. Um, <laughs> so the first time my oldest um, had a date at a Mavs game, right? It was when it was warm and they both had shorts on. And it was the first time they, they had done something together. And um, I walk over to them at halftime to take them to t- take them across the court. And I go, I go to Evan, I go, if your skin touches her skin, I make the slashing, you know, uh, <laughs> that's so great. You know, and then my Man. middle daughter, I call them all Humphreys. I say, which Humphreys at the top of the list? You know, which Humphrey is this one? Which, what do you call them? Uh, I'm like, I don't know. It just sounds right. You know? Yeah, I like that. But that's you good. Know, it sounds I'll, like you I'll, have an open relationship, though, with them. You know what I mean? You're able to talk about it, which is extremely well, important. From my side, it's open, but they're still 13 and 16, sure, right? There's course, so much they're going to tell their mom or dad. Right, right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I remember what it was like for me, right? So. Yeah. Oh, God, I know. I, I think you, Mark, have been so good during this uh, quarantine, this pandemic. I've, I've seen you on CNN. I've seen you uh, on different uh, news channels talking about where we think we sit, where we think we're headed, at least with regard to sports and, and getting back in these arenas. So as, as we wind down, I, I do want to ask you, you know, where you what, what do you guys talk about as owners of, of honestly I haven't, talk, I haven't talked to any other owners at all I haven't talked to Adam recently at all because it's kind of out of our hands it's just safety that's it all we care about is safety because you can't put anybody at risk you know you, you've got to make sure your players your organization your fans other customers that there anything you do put safety first and until the doctors come out and say the coast is clear you know we don't have this viral predator putting us at risk, then there's not a whole lot we can do. But the good news is I think the technology and the science is so many people are focused on it. It's moving forward fast enough that I'm hopeful there'll be a a solution sooner rather than later. And again, this is just me hopefully saying that we'll be able to play games, not in front of fans necessarily, but be able to play games. Yeah, that was going to be my that was going to be my question. If you, if you could put odds on it or percentage, you know, where in your gut you feel you guys finish? I, I'm sure if you finish the regular season, it would be really short. Yeah, five games. Or do you, or, yeah. you, and then you just go into the playoffs. But in your gut, you think you finish the 2020 season? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, in my go gut. Lakers. Yeah. I'm not go saying Lakers. anything that I Adams go told Lakers. me or anything, but absolutely in my gut, I feel yes because the country needs it. You know, and I think. We're already trying to take steps at the American Airlines Center, trying to figure out what does it look like when we start to come back into a public place like that? You know, how do you make it so that when someone walks into the arena, they feel confident that they're not going to get sick? What are the steps that we need to take? You know, what type of sanitation is necessary? What type of sterilization is necessary? How do you convey to people that sense of confidence? Do we have an app so that, you know, when you point it at your seat, it shows the last time it was cleaned and who cleaned it? And what they use, or when you're on the ha- you're on the escalator and you put your hand on the handrail, you know we got to keep it so you're not terrified. So when you point the app, we'll use you know augmented reality possible. So anything you point at in the arena shows the cleaning history and updates and 
you know, and doing that for all businesses. You go back to work wherever you're going to be afraid to walk into the conference room. You know, who was there before? And so we're starting to think about what are the steps that have to take place in order to give people confidence that things are as close to normal as they can be. And that's going to be science and technology. And, you know, that's where we're trying to get ahead because there's no better time to work on it than now. You know, there's nobody in all the buildings for the most part. Now's the time to work on it. Mm-hmm. That's great. And in the meantime, you are you you're paying your employees, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's so great. Just like business as usual. Yeah. You know, but so I can great. afford it. So, you yeah. know, but if there's any small business owners out there, or independent contractors, definitely apply for the paycheck protection plan. You know, it, it'll reimburse you um, or it'll loan you money for the last two and a half months of your payroll. And if you keep your employees on for the next two and a half months, you don't have to pay it back. You know, yeah, that's actually that's actually a good thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's from just one of the great businessmen, businessmen of our time. Like, what would the you know message that you would give to some of these small business owners who are trying to apply. make it happen? That's it. Yeah, just you got to apply. You know, and you got you've got to grind. You got to do what it takes to stick it out because if you know, not not everybody's going to make it, and if you make it, you'll be stronger, and there'll be less competition, unfortunately. But that's the reality. And this is your chance to innovate, you know, while you've got this downtime, what are the things you would do for your company to make it better? You know, how, how can you improve things? What's your vision when we get to the other side? What's your vision of America 2.0? You know, how do you see things happening? Maybe you have that one great idea that changes the game for everybody. Cause when we look back in 10 years, there's going to be a bunch of companies that are just amazing that we say, wow, why didn't I think of that? So why not? Right. You? Yeah, like that app you're talking about, which, by the way, I've already copywritten. So too late, uh, already yeah. ready to go. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, you know, two things real quick, and then uh, we'll let you go. But I, I think the common thought is that all sports team owners are rolling in cash, and and you said, well, you know, I can afford it. I can afford to pay my employees, but I know for a fact there's some that are counting on gate receipts and yep. counting on, on activity. And, and, and this could, this could tap out some owners if this continues, you know, yeah, no question through the rest of this year. No question. A couple of things. One, you know, not everybody just bought a sports team for a billion dollars. Some people inherited them. Some people live off the, all the, you know, the revenue and, and where there's profits, not all sports teams are profitable. You know, I think everybody thinks, Oh, you're rolling in the dough if you own a sports team. No. So if your team's not profitable and I you know I, I can't imagine any team would be this year or potentially next year and you're not profitable and your other businesses are getting crushed or you have, you know, your money in the market and that's getting crushed. You know, there's people losing billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars. And maybe we're billionaires before and are, are no longer or maybe we're wealthy worth a whole lot of money, but because their businesses are just getting destroyed. Maybe they're in the service industry. Maybe they're in the restaurant industry. Maybe they're in the hotel industry. You know, maybe they had production companies, events business, who knows? Any number of a thousand different industries that are getting crushed right now, they're struggling. They're struggling in a big way. And that's going to be something that hopefully we'll address. Um, but hopefully, you know, the science will play out, the safety will be there, and we'll be able to come back and play. And the science will be there that lets us open up our arenas for next season in particular. Um, and that will resolve a lot of those issues, hopefully. Mm, God. Um, okay. As we wind down, I, I, I have to ask you because as I, as I watch you on these news shows, as I talk to you now on this podcast, 
we've already established that you're basically in your late 50s. Sorry, late 40s. Yeah, late 40s. Would you, would you ever jump into public office? Is it worth it? I mean, I, I think that the old line is, you know, there's so much scrutiny and, and why sign up? The smartest people aren't, you know, aren't down for that kind of a life. Uh, w- would you ever want to bite to go, at no, that I'll apple? Still- you know, I, I looked at it and I, I put it up for a family vote. My family voted it down four to one. I was the only one saying yes. Um, but things change, right? You know, the way people will will deal with politicians may be different going forward. And so, I never want to say never. If it's a different game, then you know, I'll look at I'll look at it. So, it, it's not my lifetime dream to be president or anything like that. But if I thought I could, I was the right person at the right time, I'd certainly look at it. But if and there was somebody vet, I thought was better, I would back off in a heartbeat. And you would vet out, okay? Like they vet Mark Cuban, everything's good. No, no, no I went like Joe. I went to IU, <laughs> so there's more stories that we ever can count. <laughs> That's amazing, and I'm still I'm still amazed that that you, Mister Internet, basically starter, uh, couldn't get on our Zoom chat here. No, you just give me the link. That's you because I sent you the link. Yeah, you had to resend me the link, and when you resent me the link. Yeah, come on. He oh. needs to own it to know how to do it. He just we got to buy Zoom. By the way, Zoom is crushing. Well, is that going to last? By the way, do you think the Zoom? I don't know because they had all kinds of security issues, right? So now yeah. there's places that are saying they can't use Zoom, and people signed up for Microsoft Teams and doing this and that. Um, you know, and Microsoft owns Skype, so. Who knows? But yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right about that. Like, you know, yes, this is a horrible time and we will get through it all. But there the, there are ways to innovate right now. I mean, I, I think you're going to see a lot that comes out of it. And, and not only that, but just from a non-business social standpoint and getting back to fatherhood and parenthood and just yep. being connected. You know what I mean? Like we live in a lonely, uh, a lonely world in a sense. Right. Um, Especially yeah. now. <laughs> we, we do now. But but my point is, though, is that I think there's a lot of connectivity happening even now yeah, more no than question. ever and you know what you know? you know when i think it started i think it started when kobe died you yeah. know what? when kobe died we reached out and we said i love you more we hugged more people we connected with, with more people and you know that that mamba mentality love mentality if you will i think is carried over and you see it now more and i think that opened the door for people now to be more open to connect more to you know, call people they hadn't called in a while, FaceTime when they've never FaceTimed with somebody before. Or like me and my high school buddies have done Zooms with the four or five of us, right? Just talking mm-hmm. shit all, you know, for an yeah. hour, you know, and it just, we never would have done that before. No, I know. It's so true. I mean, I never would have shaved my kid's head unless it was for the quarantine. Cause <laughs> he it was- shaved his kid's head on a live Instagram. <laughs> well, because it was, you're almost finding shit to do with your kids now. It's like, all right, what do we do now? I'm like, wait, how about wait, we shave you, your head? Do you have hair? Yeah, I got hair. Well, when you shave, when you shave yours, then we'll have something to talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, That's I would, exactly right. I would love to shave my head, except I have, I have, I have a potential show to do, so uh, I can't shave my head. <laughs> That's just like you your kids with their homework. Tank with a shaved head, that would be awesome. That's oh, just yeah. like your kids with their homework. That's why he's saying he can't do <laughs> yeah. it. You know, like, hey, uh, sorry, Dad, I exactly can't clean my right room. Though. I, I, I want to read that. I have to read that book. I, I, yeah. I don't have time. Right. I, I fit. I am not. Look, if if we go back to work and I all of a sudden show up on set with a shaved head, it's not going to be a, a, a pretty thing. And people will be, be like, yeah, "What the fuck did you just do?" 
There'll be so many ways to write that in. It's not even funny. It'll be, it'll oh, be a that's... dream sequence until it grows back. Have a little exactly. more confidence. Have a little more confidence in your acting ability. Right? Uh, right. I, hair. You think a hair makes the difference between you know who you Bruce are? Bruce Willis. Cuban. Bruce Willis is a Bruce Willis is an American institution. Oliver Hudson. Yes, he's I, bald as a cue ball. This is true. So Cuban, you shave your head. Joe, it will take one little razor to shave his head. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, let we me just do- tell you, you know what actors across the country are more worried about? That they can't get their hair colored and whatever they do. Right. It's going to show up. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, it's crazy exactly time. Exactly right. It's crazy. I was I'm, we, I was talking with Joe earlier about that. You know, my wife, I get to see. Joe was like, I didn't know my wife was, was a brunette. I mean, this is what's happening now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like she's got some shitty nails, too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, that's the so, business I want to be in. I want to be in like the home delivery of nail services because that's going to explode. Hair and oh, nails yeah. for guys and girls, it's just going to explode. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yes. Oh, yeah. Up the the man. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, that's the thing, too, is once this thing, once this lets up and once we're able to sort of be connected physically again, you know, the, I hope it lasts. I hope this sort of love lasts. And, and I always was wondering, how long does it take for something to be ingrained? 18 months, two years before no it becomes the norm. Are we going to go back to status quo? Are we going to be in love for a minute and then boom, we're, we're I mean, consuming? after 9-11, we were terrified to go on airplanes and we got back on, right? And it didn't yeah. take all that long. But we saw what uh, the... the what is the TSA did at airports, right? And yeah. so that gave us some confidence and there weren't any bad events. And so I think we're going to have to do the same thing. We're going to have to take those big steps and give people confidence, pass all these laws about public places being clean and offices being clean and arenas being super extra cleaned. And, you know, and that seventh inning break, we're standing up to sing, take me out of the ball game. And there's yeah. 50 people with spray cans going on and spraying everything everywhere. Right. <laughs> right. right. You know, yeah. I, that just brings up one thing. The dirtiest thing I have ever touched in my life is one of those trays at an airport security check. Now, Mark, you have not interacted with TSA in a long time. It's been a couple years. But there's there's always been there's always like one random hair. No, I see I see no because even now disgusting. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. So there's gonna be people, there's gonna be a whole industry built around people with just little sprayers, right? That just go around and spray stuff in real time. And you'll be able to tell who the rich people are. They'll have their own little sprayers that come in front of them, right? <laughs> oh, spray boy. Instead of you won't need the big bodyguards anymore. You'll have somebody yeah. with a solution that you know it disinfects or takes out your eyes. <laughs> oh, That's God. fantastic. All right. Uh, hey, don't don't ever change, Mark, as a wait. as an owner. Yeah. As an owner, you own a team the way I would own a team. Like I'm going to be on the floor, and I'm going to be freaking out if my team gets jobbed by Absolutely. You know, the second best part, though, is before every game, I get to go and get up shots before a game. And so I have the whole arena to myself, my own NBA court, getting up shots. And then the early players will come out while I'm shooting, right? So I get to shoot with all these guys, you know, and say, you know, I can shoot a little bit and um, just – Talk is it? Talk. Are you pure basketball? I mean, do you have any dreams to own any other uh, sports teams? Not anymore. Teams? No, I looked no. at baseball, but they wouldn't let me in. I'm kind of glad that happened, you know, because that that was when my kids were really young or before they were born. And you know, when they're super, you know, when they're just a year, two, three years old, they're not real people yet. And my kids were mama's kids, and so it was less like, okay, 
But now my kids are so much fun. 162 games of baseball or hockey or even soccer or whatever. That would take me away from too much. Yeah, Joe's daughter is dating a hawk an NHL or I get, I get worried about it. Do you? Are you really worried, Oliver? Not really, I, but such, for the, for, 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 for entertainment podcast sake, I am worried about her. Yeah, she's she dated she's dating a great kid. They're yeah. great. That's the thing, Mark. There are so many good people that are playing professional sports and it seems like the only people we hear about are the ones that are just morons no, and of acting course. I mean, my God, there's so many, you walk through your locker room and you connect with one of your guys. I mean, it's, they're good. They're wonderful people. I've been doing this 20 years and I could probably count five guys at the most that I wouldn't be cool with my daughter dating. You know, most Mm -hmm. of them are really, really good guys. You know, it's just, but you know, and now with social media, they're even better than they used to be because now they know that they can be on camera anytime and they all have brands at some, to some extent, particularly in the NBA, you know, because they're so visible, whether, you know, you see their mm-hmm. face in a game or you see them in 2K or you see them on their social media, right? And so they're, they're cognizant of that, and they're a lot more careful than when I first came in. Guys were wild. Now they're pretty tame. Do you feel like a father figure to any of these guys? Meaning, no, have you- hell no. I don't no. try to go there at all. No. You don't? Okay. Yeah, I don't want to be their dad. I don't, I, sometimes I'm their friend. Sometimes I'm not. I'm always their boss. I'm always looking out for them, but – yeah, I'd rather be their friend. I don't want to be their dad. Have you ever had a player just hate you? Yeah. You yeah, have? A couple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or they're like, this fucking guy. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Is it, was it warranted or was it their own problem? Um, Half and half. Half you know, and half? Yeah, if they were dicks, chances are I wasn't going to be their best friend. You know. Do you get tough, though? I mean, do you get tough as an owner? Like, you know, where you say things. You I have a couple of times, like when things are fucked up for whatever reason, I've, I've probably given six locker room speeches in 20 years. Okay. And every time I did, we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, the Grim right, Mark, Reaper. So we, uh, we, end, we end every, every show with asking this, this question. Um, so from sort of maybe a learned or even a genetic standpoint when dealing, when thinking about your, your father, it's a two-parter, right? So what is it that you are so thankful for that you inherited or learned from him that you implement in your life now? And then on the flip side of that, is there that thing? What is the one thing that you wish you did not? (laughs) Um, That I love about that I got from my dad probably the way he treated and respected people. He was everybody's friend. He didn't have an enemy in the world and just taught me to be nice to everybody. Like we talked around, we talked about before. The other thing that I got from him that I wish I didn't. Oh, golly. Um, my dad used to goose everybody. Like he would goose <laughs> us. He'd be walking down the street. Bam. You know, I mean, just in the middle of whatever. I could be 30 years old. My dad would goose me. And so um, every now and then I'll pull that out of my son and he's not. Yeah, that's so funny you say that because my middle son, Bodie, my wife grabs his little tush and he cannot stand it. I mean, he, he <laughs> is he? angry. He's, uh, he's 10. Oh, that's he's perfect. 10. My son's 10 too, right? You know, yeah. so I'll give him, I'll give him a wedgie and just pick him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just goose him and uh, give that's me the, so you know. funny. I know he hates it. Well, thank you, brother. I mean, thanks, Mark. Thank you, this guys. was awesome. Thank was you for fun. taking the time with us. This is really uh, special for us. You're the man. Thank you. No, I loved it. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Mark. All right, take All care. Right, take care, man. All right, thank later, you. brother. All right, bye.
What a great guy. What a great guy. That was cool. He's so. I mean, are yeah. you kidding me? That was so open. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's just—he's uh, got good energy, man. He's a—he's a—he's a real. He's a, it's like what you said. I mean, there's not a lot of owners, probably none, who are like him. I mean, I think in in, in all of sports. I was just really. thinking, like yesterday, I wrote down on this piece of paper. I was like, how many people can be a relatable billionaire? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. You, mm-hmm. you always perceive that person as being aloof in their own world. They have fuck you money. They whatever. He is relatable to anybody that cries. You see him on Shark Tank. It's yeah. like whatever. He's just like a relatable good dude. You yeah. root for somebody like that. And I love the way I, I love the way that he he goes about trying to raise his kids. It's not easy. You know what I mean? Like I think that. A lot of people will have this perception that, oh, Mark Cuban, he has everything. His kids have everything. Life is great, okay? There is a flip side to having everything. And you, you know, as someone like Mark Cuban, who can provide your kids with everything, you need to take that into consideration as, as far as who You have to show restraint. Be. You do. You do. And I think he does that well. And, and I think there's a mispers- misconception that if you have everything, you're happy. It's just not the case. It seems like he's doing a great fucking job with his kids, you know, trying to teach them respect from an early age. Don't take this shit for granted. This isn't real. This isn't the real world. You are lucky. You are lucky. You know, it's it's hard. I can tell you because my kids are older than yours. My 23 and 20 year old girls. If anything's wrong, I want to swoop in and fix it. Yeah, I, I want them to be happy and what and and that's not always the right thing to do. I, I and it's hard. It mm-hmm. is hard to say no. It's hard to not fix something by throwing money at it. It's hard to. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate to be in that position. And and I really believe him that he shows restraint. Now those kids, I'm sure, have great lives. No mm-hmm. doubt. No doubt. But, but but he wants them. He's the son of a car upholsterer, and he wants them to at times find their own way through a problem, which is what you relayed last week when you were talking to, we were talking to Simmons about Kurt dropping you off in the woods and you yeah. having to find your own way home, whether yeah. it's literal or figurative. Yeah. It, everybody's got to go through that. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't grow up that privileged and, and I feel like my kids sometimes I, I just want to go, Hey, you know, yeah, Let's, yeah, but you make a great point though because you you know it's 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 hard to let your kids fall on their face even because you can save them a lot of the time you know but it's 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 important to let them fall down you know literally and figuratively again yeah. and figure that shit out they just have to learn how to figure that shit out and that's what I was going back to before the coddling of a uh, the coddling of society you know that'd be a good guess there's a guy who wrote a book called the coddling of America. You yeah, know, that might be fun to talk to him about. Actually, you know. Yeah, um, kind of guy. Anyway, dude, that was that was awesome. That was fun. Good work. Good work, Sim. Good the work, Cotton Pickle. How'd you, go. Hey, Sim, how do you feel? Do you like that, baby? My favorite episode of all time. My favorite podcast episode of all time. Okay, I'm, can I stop you for right a second? Now. Can I stop you for a second? Yeah. You literally said that about uh, Simmons last week. So uh, I like this one a little bit more. Okay, but we have to be honest, especially if you're going to be on the air. You know, we can't be hyperbolic. I don't want to be on the air. Let's let's be clear about that right now. It's I never still, asked to be on the air. I know, but you we are. We want you on there. We uh, want you on. Anyone who talks into a mic that looks like a penis head, you know, is on the. You're on the air. <laughs> But yeah, so you liked it. You're happy. Loved it. Loved it. Amazing guys. Amazing. Just amazing. I loved it. 
All right. I think well, we should keep the, the post amble too. Me too. That's why I wanted to keep doing. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. That's that's where we that's where we recap. Yeah. Literally after it when they hang up. Yeah, post amble. I love it. We should just call the show post amble. Born on third. Damn, that's a good one. Fuck. But people uh-huh. do like daddy issues. It's kind of funny. And and I like where we're taking it with you know, that everybody's got <laughs> some degree of it mm-hmm. whether and the issues could be great but mm-hmm. it, everybody's got a dad yeah somewhere yeah so yeah. It, it fits it's it's good it's a good theme that everybody can jump on mm-hmm. but let, let's 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 do a wrap-up you just you just wrapped it up it's fine it's just fine. you know what you should do just uh you know thank everyone for subscribing make sure to subscribe leave a review leave a rating five stars and uh and then uh yeah we'll see you next week hey sim just did it okay. That's it. All right, great, perfect. Sim See just did that. Just listen that to Sim. Sim. That was Sim. Yeah. So <laughs> these are these are the points. Subscribe. Yep. Uh, share with your friends. Make them subscribe. Right. Leave yeah. a rating. Yeah. Leave comments. Yeah. Unless they're not nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, just uh, tell everybody that you've run into uh, during this quarantine, which is nobody, that you need to uh, listen to this the, podcast. Those are those are great points. It's it's it mirrors sort of like my life a little bit subscribe rate it this is how i want people to look at me you know yeah well they basically do i know so basically we are basing our own self-worth on the amount of subscriptions and ratings so right you know yes uh, okay the others are machines this feels like a mom and pop organization that somehow has thrust itself up the charts mm-hmm. it's like uh Give, give me a one-hit wonder. Give me a one-hit wonder. Okay, it's you like... Know, you're taking on like the Rolling Stones. You're taking on Led Zeppelin. You're taking... But but every right. once in a while, somebody gets to the top that nobody saw coming. Yeah, like I Think You're Alone Now by Tiffany. Doesn't seem to be anyone around. I think we're alone now. The beating of our hearts is the only sound. Yeah, so we're the Tiffany of podcasts. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.